Hi, I'm Steve Goldstein, and this is the Friday Newscap Podcast. Each week, we review the biggest stories with experts, reporters, and commentators to put the news in perspective. Here's this week's episode. She's a coward, and she's not willing to show up for the job interview. I look at a debate as a job interview, and the people of this great great state, people of Arizona, are the hiring manager, and we are presenting our case to them. I wouldn't even characterize it as playing dirty. It's just not rooted in reality. You know, she can't even admit that Joe Biden is the president. So I would say there's a a playbook for Republican governors, but boy, Charlie Baker's gonna run a much different race in Massachusetts to win that race than Doug Ducey's gonna run in Arizona or, or Greg Abbott in Texas. Public education dollars should stay in public education. There is no accountability for our students who are enrolled in in the ESA voucher program. And the whole idea of the ESA program is to give the people who don't have as much money the ability to do the same thing that rich people do now, which is to send their kids to any private school they want to. And with us to talk about a debate between gubernatorial nominees that won't happen, a superintendent of public instruction debate that did happen, and more, our Stan Barnes of Copper State Consulting. Welcome back, sir. Good to be here. And good to have Stacey Pearson of Lumen Strategies here as well. Good morning, Stacey. Thanks for having me. So, Stan, let's start off with this. I know it was early in the week or even over the weekend, but now it appears this debate between Katie Hobbs and Carrie Lake is absolutely a done deal, is not going to happen. So assess the pros and cons on this one. Let me give you what Lake, is this going to help Lake or hurt Lake? Yeah, well, of course I believe it's going to help her. But I, more to the point, Katie... Um, managed to turn uh, one difficult decision into a two-week hand-wringing exercise in front of everyone in the public square and really did herself some political damage. I mean, she's losing people that should be with her because they they believe it's a signal beyond just that Carrie Lake is a live tiger on stage and she's a lamb on the stage. It's it's more than that. And so I think it's, it's a bigger setback for Katie than she realizes. Stacey, I want to have you dig in deeper on that, but Actually losing people, thats that strikes me as a little bit strong. Katie Hobbs is losing people by this? I don't think she's losing anyone, but she's certainly frustrated, folks. Yeah, I, I, I guess a frustrated person. I'm scoring in the lost column, but that doesn't mean they're not voting for her. Well said, Stacey. I mean, there's there's just two options there, and, and frustrated people can still vote for you, I guess. Stacey, to Stan's point, um, do you have a can you sort of go? It's always dangerous to go in other people's minds. But like, why didn't the Hobbs campaign just say initially, we're not going to do this and, you know, offer the the 30 minute town hall style, then say, well, maybe we'll come up with something else. Like, why didn't I think, as Stan was saying, this became like a three week story. Why didn't they just say at the beginning, we're not going to do it? You're exactly right, Mark. They, from the beginning, should have said, we're not sharing a stage with this actress, this propagandist, this lunatic. We're not talking about the 2020 election again in a public square. Um, and why they didn't baffles me. Um, but that is been that has been a failure of Katie's campaign from the jump, is getting ahead of messaging and owning decisions before people start weighing in on what she should do. She should have done it. She's the, going to be the governor. She should make a decision own it, keep moving. Yeah, I think the border thing kind of falls in that category as well. I mean, the ad she's running with the two sheriffs seems to be just a response and and too much too late or too little too late. And no one's really buying it. So I agree with you. 
Well, Stan, how one of the things that a lot of folks have said, and maybe you have said it as well, is that one of the potential dangers for Katie Hobbs of doing a debate with Carrie Lake is that there would have been some either a gotcha moment or a viral moment that really would have damaged Hobbs. I'm wondering, in your mind, how big of a risk was that actually to Katie Hobbs? I, I think the risk is less than than the perception. I think what's really at play, and I have a respect for Katie having a relationship with her and senior be a great Democratic leader in the state Senate. I think what's really at the heart of this is a lack of personal courage to be on the stage with someone so talented. That, and the, the extremity between attractive, poised, articulate, energetic, charismatic Carrie Lake and, and Katie, the kind of the workhorse of the legislature, kind of a policy-driven, wonky person, just felt so optically bad and personally scary that she 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 found a reason not to do it. But Stacey, let's make one quick point on this too. Um, Katie Hobbs also didn't want to debate Marco Lopez. I presume different reasons there because she was ahead in the polls by 50 points. But does that not look good? Or is that actually saying, well, maybe Katie Hobbs just doesn't want to debate anybody? Look, the debate is happening in real time on Twitter all day, every day. <laughs> and so there, this isn't, uh, as Carrie Lake explains at a job interview, that's, that's nonsensical. The biggest risk, risk Katie was facing in debating Carrie Lake was Carrie Lake acting sane. I mean, we expect her to talk about chemtrails and lunacy and 2020 conspiracy theories. If Katie was on stage with Carrie and Carrie seemed normal, you, she would have pulled back these independent right-leaning folks who say, oh, she was just putting on an act for the primary. And so I think the biggest, the biggest risk for Katie was that Carrie Lake was normal. I want to ask you both this, this follow-up question. So considering we always talk about, we talk about debates like crazy on a program like this, and we're all junkies on this. We don't know what kind of ratings Channel 8's going to get for any sort of debate for this kind of thing. But is there room for substance versus style? If, in fact, that turned out to be the debate, do people want to see style or substance in a debate like this? I mean, you look at, at Nixon Kennedy, and certainly that, that wasn't the issue. It was really who performed better on television. And ultimately, that's what I think these debates come down to. I wish they were about substance, but they're often not. Yeah, people vote with their heart, not their head, right? And so I, I think I think somehow it feels like an American thing. We like seeing a debate. That, that It just feels like a box that needs to be checked. Um, and it's not going to be. That's why I think it hurts Katie. Stacey, is there not still a risk to the Hobbs campaign, though, of Carrie Lake having 30 minutes one-on-one on, on PBS and her coming across as, as sane and normal and policy-driven there? I, I, I guess you could make the argument that if Hobbs were on stage with her, she could at least respond to it or offer her own campaign ideas. I think the risk is diminished with letting Carrie Lake run free. <laughs> I think the, her, her um, exhibition of self-control has been questionable to date. And so giving her a free forum, I think, is the best case scenario for Carrie. She, I think there's a chance she just goes. Yeah, yeah, plus, who's going who's gonna to watch a, a one-sided debate? I mean, the, the ratings for such a thing will be lower. And if a, a tree falls in the forest and no one hears it, what's the big deal? Mm. So, Stan, I, I want to ask you to weigh in on Democratic uh, Party strategy here. Um, so Hobbs is not doing this debate. What should she be doing between now and, let's say, when early voting starts? Uh, well, you're asking the wrong guy here, but it's a fun question for me, Mark. I appreciate you doing that. I, I, Stan, we know you have voted for Democrats. <laughs> Quiet. That's, that's between you and me. Um, it's it's uh, they they've got to cross their fingers that the um, the money that is spent 
uh, disparaging Kerry and trying to make her radioactive sticks uh, and that the election does not turn on uh, genuine democratic weakness in in among the electorate. I mean, the the weak border, the economy, you know, I don't have to line it out for you. If, if the election is about that, Katie's in trouble. Katie's only hope, given all the other dynamics we've been discussing, is that this election somehow is about Carrie Lake as a Trump figure and, and that being off-putting to the middle. All right. So, Stacey, I'll ask you the same question. What should Katie Hobbs be doing now to either make up for not being in the debate or just try to, you know, what should her strategy be, I guess, between now and, and voting starting? She should be answering every single question she's asked with the word abortion. What do you want from Starbucks? Legal abortion. What do you want for breakfast? Legal abortion. What do you want tomorrow to talk about policy-wise? What do you think about water? Well, first, let's talk about abortion. I mean, it literally needs to be the first thing she mentions in every single answer to any question, relevant or irrelevant. You almost pulled the former governor right there. Um, (laughs) (laughs) Well, so coming off of what Stacey just said there, Stan, it's interesting to me as far as the issues go because Katie Hobbs is going to be, they're going to try to tie Katie Hobbs to anything Joe Biden's done wrong. Now, if they try to do that to Mark Kelly, it makes more sense because Mark Kelly votes on a federal level. Do Arizona voters tie? Will they try to tie Katie Hobbs? Will they believe that Katie Hobbs is is Joe Biden if they don't like Joe Biden? Yeah, I, I, it's back to my theory that voters vote with their heart and not their head. I, I, Katie's Democrat, Joe Biden's Democrat, Mark Kelly's Democrat, Democrats run in the country, country's in the dumper. So it's it's she's no good. And, and, and that's that's the reptilian brain going on with with voter connectivity. Stacey? Well, I think the abortion debate. Well, because abortion is a federal and state issue Absolutely. now. So it's, yeah, that's yeah. I think I think that really did pivot this reptilian brain to look one level deeper in that the Supreme Court is Trump's and the abortion ban in Arizona is either the Republican legislatures or pre-statehood. It was the cowboys. I mean, this is just copper miners. I'm sorry, copper miners, (laughs) ranchers, copper miners. There was an anesthesia when they were making (laughs) rules about how to govern my uterus. I mean, this is this is an insane situation we're facing. Well, so Stacey, uh, Steve brought up uh, Mark Kelly and I I heard a commentator this week saying that, you know, maybe it would be smart for Hobbs to, you know, get on the horn with Mark Kelly and see if maybe they can do some campaigning together or something like that. Is that something that, A, would would help Katie Hobbs, and B, is that something that Mark Kelly would be interested in? Gosh, I can't speak for the Kelly campaign, or even for Hobbs' campaign, for that matter, but typically politicians, Democrats in Arizona who've been successful, ride solo. I mean, you look at that with Penzone, who wasn't on stage with folks who were trying to decriminalize all drugs. You know, you look at that with Senator Sinema. You look at that with Senator Kelly. Look at that with Senator Kelly again now. I mean, the, the Democrats that have succeeded in Arizona don't often share the spotlight. Yeah, the Democrats that win statewide generally run away from the Democratic Party or at least run toward that big capital I as hard as possible. It's harder for Katie to do that. She's got this this great record of being the Democratic leader. And you can see it showing up in, in ads already with the things she's done in the legislature that are on the left side of the spectrum. Stan, for on the Carrie Lake perspective, should she continue to try to talk a little bit about policy? Should she continue to be talking about 2020? What should she be talking about? Well, I, I, I've told her this, and this is also, if, if Carrie, if you're listening, uh, this is no surprise to you. More Reagan, less Trump. That's what I tell her. More Reagan, less Trump. And, I, and, and that's about winning the general election. Trump is our fever moment and the America first thing. Mm-hmm. In fact, if Trump were hit by a bus, the whole America first thing would all be better off because Katie is going to campaign against Trump the jackass. And, and that 
is distraction from the real issues of the America First movement. So you can't tell Carrie to tone it down. That's not who she is. But you can tell her to re- reflect Reagan and not Trump so much. So, Stacey, if Reagan were, in fact, still popular among the electorate, and, and perhaps he would be, um, can Carrie Lake, are we going back to the reptilian brain? Can Carrie Lake, I'm going to say, convince slash fool enough voters that what she was saying in the primary was not, she meant some of it, but not a lot of it? Well, I think Trump changed that game in that there were very many independents who were like, yeah, he's just playing a role. It's who he is. He's the guy in The Apprentice. Everything's going to be fine. And it was remarkably not fine. I, I mean, other than some manufactured chaos, it was two and a half percent mortgage rates, full unemployment, a doubling of the stock market when Trump was president. Abortion. So, uh, uh, ab- abortion. <laughs> there it is. So the, the, the Carrie is is I, I, is being who she is. And I don't think there's any fooling about it. The, the quite, Give me this answer, Steve. How big is the America First movement? And if, if it's as big as Carrie thinks it is, right. she's going to be Carrie Lake and win the race. But I keep coming back to style versus substance because, as you said, even you said Katie Hobbs has substance. We have no idea whether Carrie Lake does or not. We know she's very good speaking because she used to read a teleprompter. Yeah, well, and that's the point I was I was going to make earlier that Stacey got me thinking. I, it, she carries, I think, getting a bad rap because she's she's focused on the, the 2020 election. And, and that's easy to parse and split and all that. But on every other thing, on the strong border and on the America First thing, on low taxes, those are mainstream Republican ideals now. If you take the election out, which is the fun, you know, electron, electronic probe in the water, she's very normal. But that's on, hard with a lot of the Republican yes, nominees. it is. It is. Yeah, I agree. And and I, I know I'm actually practicing what I preach here, but it all goes back to abortion for women. We know that no one wins statewide in Arizona without winning the majority of women, particularly Southeast Valley women who are registered Republicans and split from their party. They they believe in a marriage equality. They believe in, in immigration reform, not even necessarily bigger walls. Um, so and that group of people is very frustrated with what's happening on, on women's issues and women equality, women's equality. That's Stacey Pearson of Lumen Strategies and Stan Barnes of Copper State Consulting. All right. So, guys, a debate that actually did happen this week was for superintendent of public instruction, uh, de- the incumbent Democrat Kathy Hoffman against uh, former state school superintendent Tom Horn. Stan, let me start with you. This is a race that in some years is is pretty, uh, you know, somewhat high profile. This year, I wonder just because of where it is on the ballot and everything else on the ballot, has this race sort of lost some of its uh, some of its luminescence a bit? Yeah, I share that with you, Mark. Um, I think it, it somehow is. Um you know, a, a, a lesser than it than it might be because there's so much prominence in our U.S. Senate game, and the gubernatorial thing sucks a lot of oxygen out of the room. Plus, the you know we've got this this unique moment in time with the whole Republican lineup being um, uh, in the in the America First MAGA whatever label you want to put on it, and and so it almost seems uh, like almost a throwaway, which I know is, is sounds disparative. I don't mean it that way, but I, I think it's all benefiting Tom Horn. Is is my real is my real point to that? Why is that? Uh, because I think uh, the Republican uh, uh, wind behind the Republican Party's back is is the the most important factor in the general election, and people are going to go to the polls and they're going to feel that. There's the, I I think, and this reflects my echo chamber that there's a real dis, disheartening among regular nonpartisan people about democratic politics, about woke politics, about the nation being run by Joe Biden and the Democratic Congress. And that's going to reflect out in the Republicans 
winning, perhaps in spite of themselves uh, in the general election in Arizona. Stacy, in some ways, is it maybe a little surprising that the school superintendent race is maybe as not high profile as it, as it is, given all the talk about issues related to education, both on the left and on the right? Not not really, in that this is an indication that Kathy Hoffman's doing a good job. So there are not protests in front of her buildings. We haven't banned books. We're not relegating children to genitalia checks. I mean, she has done a very good job with the rank and file moms and dads who take their kids to the drop off line and are feeling good. And I think we need to remember that Tom Horn lost a primary, a Republican primary. And which, you know, paved the way for Brnovich to to ascend in Republican politics here in the state. And his performance at the last debate, he was the drunk uncle that showed up. And (laughs) and I mean, it was it was absurd. And so you see an educator, a lifelong educator and and very good, um, boring bureaucrat against the drunk uncle. But the drunk uncle in this case, I love that analogy, is is stating that which others will not state the CRT thing. They, that 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 is that great wedge issue. But was that, that a plus forward. for him when he went after the Tucson schools? I mean, that was not CRT, but that was get him in the same broad category. Yeah. I, I, you know, depends on who's in the room with you. But it, yes, <laughs> <laughs> okay. But let's. I want to ask you about sort of the ticket. We're talking about the Republican ticket here, and this comes back to the Ducey Cinema split that we all talked about right. for ad nauseum. Right. So, are we going to see at the top of the ticket? As Mark said, with superintendent not getting enough attention or that much attention, um, even though Kathy Hoffman has been, whether people say she does a good job, she certainly has done her job. She hasn't had a scandal right. or anything like yes. that. So, but is, if we go to lower down the ticket, is that one of those where if people say, if Republicans say, boy, I'm going to vote for Mark Kelly because I don't like Blake Masters. I'm going to vote for Katie Hobbs. Does superintendent become one where even if Kathy Hoffman's done a good job, they say, eh, it's a Republican. Okay, I need to vote for a Republican. I mean, you know, that theory is as good as any. Because Tom Horn's pretty well known. His name recognition is pretty high. Yeah, that's what I think. Yeah. I think, I mean, I mean, Stacy knows Tom Horn. I do. You do. We remember some of his fun uh, backstory, maybe some scar tissue. Quotes, right? In quotes, right? <laughs> quote, in quotes, in quotes. I don't remember anything. Yeah. With fun, <laughs> deny, <Horn>. deny, deny, deny. <laughs> but, but that residual, that residual name ID, and the, as they say, the Republican thing, uh, is meaningful, I think. Let's talk about one of the other uh, candidate forums that happened this week. That was the uh, AG uh, forum with Chris Mays and Abe Hamaday. Anything, uh, uh, Stacey, anything surprising coming out of this? I mean, you talk about how Katie Hobbs needs to talk about abortion all the time. Chris Mays has made that a real key issue for her as well. Yeah, I think that was brilliant. Chris Mays is your consummate former Republican, Arizona libertarian who's going to get in that office and do a good job, is not going to politicize. She's exactly the candidate that Penzone has become. Um, and and really for the state's highest law enforcement office, it needs to be really important. She needs to depoliticize policing. That's the most important approach here. Yeah, I would tell her to be a little less climate activist for me. Uh, but yeah, I, I agree with a lot of what you're saying. Hamada, is, his, his trick is how big is the America first thing? And and it, I'm telling you, that that's going to end up being an issue. When we look back, we're going to say this is why the election turned, because the voters are here. And the America first thing versus whatever else is kind of where it is. Stan, let me ask you the same question I asked about the superintendent race. Is AG high enough up on the ballot that it will be able to get some of the oxygen that the other races are sucking up? I, I, I don't think so. I mean, it's not getting the money. 
And and if you if you don't have money and you're not in the public square, yeah, maybe it's social media, maybe, but it's it's doesn't seem to be profile uh, to in my world. Well, Stacey, Stanky's bringing up you know America First and MAGA. How many people do we think a percentage are still sort of on the cusp of not exactly knowing which way they want to go? We know there's a huge number of party not designated people in Arizona, but are we looking at five to seven percent? Is it even that many of people who may decide a couple of these races? As we're looking at polling going into these this final stretch, we're seeing somewhere between five and seven percent and much higher, eight to 10, 12 percent on initiatives. Okay. Stan, are you seeing the same thing? Did you guys rehearse that perfect number harmonic answer there together? <laughs> no, no. <laughs> well, good guess on your Just part. Just in sync. Uh, no, I, I, it's about turnout. It's a, and In my political world, where the energy is is where the winner is, and I think the energy is with the Republicans. As I say, sometimes in spite of themselves. Yeah, it's but e- even after, I mean, Stacey's made it pretty. No, I think abortion's issue. You keep bringing I, up. I think that's what she said. <laughs> but, no, but that, but that could. That seems to me like that could be. Is that not going to stem? A t- I mean, again, it's it's an off year election. Yeah, we, right. we expect that right. to be good for Republicans. Right. But is it going to be one of those where I, I keep coming back to this thing? Are voters going to be? Judicious enough, let's say, to look actually look at the names and think about, huh? Okay, Mark Kelly's an astronaut. I don't really think he's Joe Biden or Kamala Harris. I think he's okay. And then maybe they'll go down the, and say, well, I'm going to vote for Rachel Mitchell because she's a Republican or whatever. Yeah. Do you actually do you think people are going to be smart enough to go back and forth? I think some people. Okay. Yes, but I think people are it, listening it, to this it, show right it, now. People, <laughs> your audience will do that. There's no doubt. Uh, but in the in the broad stroke, if you want to put one brush on the whole thing, no, I don't think so. Stan, when we look at the entirety of the Republican ticket, when we were talking about the superintendent's race just a minute ago, the, the thing that stands out to a lot of people is so many of the candidates are new to politics. You talk about people like Blake Masters and Carrie Lake and Abe Hamada. Then you have someone like Tom Horn, who's been in politics for decades now. Is, is Does that matter when, when you're trying to, to the extent that the Republicans are trying to run as a ticket, have, you know, Republicans vote the party line. Does it matter that maybe in this case one of these candidates is not like the others? It's um, an interesting question. I, I I don't think so. Is my re- re- reactive answer because it's Tom Horn and his way down the ballot on on that particular race. I think the others all together come off as the fresh new team. We're going to do things different, and that's the way they're singing on the same sheet. Stacey, I want to change this up for the last like three minutes. Mm-hmm. So we're going to go from all the state politics to Robert Sarver. And the fact that the son's owner is suspended for a year, fined $10 million. And, you know, normally, even though it's a fascinating topic, we wouldn't necessarily talk about it here. But then some Phoenix politicians, Mayor Gallego and some council members decided to weigh in. Uh, let's talk about the Footprint Center, which is uh, is a Phoenix property. And, and uh, you know, the city of Phoenix approved a lot of renovations for it. Should city leaders be saying more about this? Absolutely. They're the landlords of those buildings, not only the footprint center, but the practice facility that's now new in Phoenix, they absolutely should be weighing in. And this is how the avalanche starts to slide, right? The landlords are saying, hey, we're not a huge fan of yours. You need to step down. Then we're going to see sponsors do the same. And ultimately, the NBA is going to have to reconcile with with him using the N-word, even in, even in quotes, still not okay. Yeah, it feels to me like this avalanche is starting. PayPal today announced they won't participate with him. I have the feeling this thing is going to stair step its way to one moment when Larry Fitzgerald gets all on his own to say thumbs down or thumbs up, and Sarver is either gone or lives. Well, Stan, briefly, Jerry Colangelo is obviously one of the city fathers in a lot of ways. Think about the Phoenix 40 yes. and Jerry Colangelo. And we know that there were some things behind the scenes. Obviously, big businessmen do things that people may not love. But he was really considered to be someone who loved this city. Does Sarver have any kind of reputation like that? I do. In my world, no. I don't believe so. 
Does he have the opposite reputation? Yeah, I think he does. I think he has kind of that that uh, megalomaniac millionaire billionaire owner uh, evil superpower thing going on. <laughs> <laughs> Whatever you want to say in the movie, wow. you know the character yeah. in the movie. That's him, and that's that's one reason he might not survive. I don't think he has the the the, the capital in the bank, the political capital in the bank. He's got money, but the political capital. When Stacey, we, we saw Phoenix Mayor Kay Gallego, some council members come out a few days after the announcement of, of the suspension. Is that meaningful to, to have come out at that time? Did it need to be sooner? Did it need to be stronger, maybe? I would have loved for it to have been the day of. And this perhaps they're sharing a comms team with um, Katie Hobbs. I don't, I don't know what's taking so long. <laughs> but, I mean, sincerely, it should not take three days to say you can't use the N-word, even if you're quoting someone in 2022. Okay. Stacey Pearson of Lumen Strategy, Sam Barnes, Copper State Consulting. To be slightly self-indulgent, thanks for being here on my final newscap. Appreciate it. Oh, thank yes, you. Yes, thanks, Steve. You've been listening to the Friday newscap from KJZZ's The Show. It's an original podcast recapping the week's big stories with experts, commentators, and reporters. You can get the full show podcast at podcast.kjzz.org. If you have any questions or comments, please email us at the show at kjzz.org. I'm Steve Goldstein, and thanks for listening.